Okay. I hope you have a page. There's a page. This first side we did was the Nitziv last week, two weeks ago. The Nitziv in the second side of the page. The second side of the page is, says on it, Eina Yor from Rav Kooks. Rav Kooks perish on Masechta Brachas. And the Agadah of Masechta Brachas. There's a famous word from Yismach Moshe. I'm going to try to keep him more to within the head. That was originally supposed to be. Last week I went almost an hour and I... And, and, uh, get any of the families upset if they're waiting for you or something. I don't know, maybe, maybe they'd rather you stay here. I don't know what they I don't want to... I don't make problems. I don't, I don't It's hard to say. Sunday's a funny day. Shabbat Shani Shagoli is. There's a famous word from the Yismach Moshe <coughs> on, on one of the most difficult psukim, the Ulof Tanakh, when the Baruch Shalom says, Nasa Adam B'Tzalmein, right? Let us make let us make men in our image. Nasa other bitsalmainu. So of course that caused a lot of aggravation, that Basik. Let us make men. What was the conversation? Some say that the Rashi Chazal say that he was Nimluch with the Malochim, that he's talking to the Malochim. But the answer that the Yismach Moshe gave I think is is much is much more to the point of what we can understand and what we can relate to. Yismach Moshe said that Nasa Adam is the Hashem's Baruch who is talking to each and every person. And Hashem is saying, me and you together, we're going to make you into something. I'm here for you. Nasa Adam, let us make you into a mensch. Nasa Adam. That's what it means. And Hashem said to Adam Arishan, Nasa Adam. Me and you together. So last week where we ended, we were talking about that transition that must take place. Must take place when the when the child is shifting from being a little boy to becoming a teenager, a bar mitzvah That the relationship that was one of parents and a child, remember we learned last week from the Chumash and the Nitziv, is now changing. It's no longer it's no longer just a child, but there's a relationship of, of brothers. Not in any way, God forbid, compromising with their herits. We'll talk about that. But that if the basis of the relationship continues to be one of obedience, one of obedience as it is with a child, then it's not going to succeed. We need to understand on a deeper level the changes that are taking place. The changes that are taking place in the child when he moves to becoming to becoming a young man. We spoke about breaking the silence. Breaking the silence and being able to speak to our boys, our children, our sons, our grandsons. And this will also be with the girls as well, but we're focusing on the boys to be able to speak about this Indian of Yosef at Sadiq. And I, and I made it very clear that we need to spend, we have to do this right in a deep, in a deep way. I'm not doing this in a, in a, in a so there's not a seminar on, a one-day seminar on raising children. To be able to, to be able to learn the sugya of Yosef at Sadiq, Kedusha Sabris, and Shemir Sabris, for ourselves and for our children, we need to begin with this sugya of being able to break the silence and knowing how to talk to our kids and what the kids are going through, the change, the, the changes that they're going through, the boys, we all went through those changes, but it was never worked out 
for us and with us, and we need to be able to help our children in this way. And by doing so, we're going to understand much more about ourselves. So we're going to do it in a very, in a very deep way, not in a simple way, in a shallow way. We're going to learn a lot. It's going to be tired. It's not, uh, it's not a class in education. I'm not, I'm not any kind of a psychologist. I respect those people, but I'm not. And we're learning tired. Now, when it comes to breaking this silence, there are two. There are two in Yonim that we have to address. One is the delicate nature of the subject matter, which that's not, we're, not, we're not talking about that yet. We'll get to that in Mir Tashem, the subject matter. The, the, that Yet Sahara, when it comes to Avka for this Indian of, of sexuality, the, yate, the powerful Yet Sahara, the nature of the Yet Sahara, why did Hashem do that and, and how are we supposed to contend with that? That's the second, that's the second part of our learning that we're going to get to Mir Tashem. The subject matter itself, we're not discussing right now. What we're talking about now is the personality of the children and the parents, and and what is it that the boys are going through? What is it the boys are going through as they're developing into into young men? So if the parents do not let go of this model of being Abba and Ima, just pure parents, where the where the basis of the relationship is obedience and control and they don't shift into the into the second level of the relationship where it's where it's with the realization with the recognition that as we learned in the Chavisat Talmudim last week that that we have to share in the responsibility for you growing up it's not about dictating anymore but it's a matter of you're making these choices and I'm here to help you that will make men together so then what will happen, and what happens to most of the boys in these homes where it remains, where they, where, they, where they are remaining as little boys, as children, their parents' eyes, in these homes what happens is that sometimes there's an outright rebellion because the child is desperately looking to define himself, who is he as a person, and he feels that he's being crushed by his parents regardless, regardless how reasonable the expectations of the parents are that the boy is looking for himself. We'll talk a lot about that. We'll learn some pieces from Rav Cook and from others. Swarm. So one reaction is that boys will become very angry, very nervous, very angry, and very rebellious. That's one way that they deal with it. Most of the boys, probably most of the boys, will, will live lives of quiet desperation, will carry this pain, in a uh, in a very very quiet in a very quiet way, hoping at some point in the future that they'll be able to do what they want. Sometimes they could manage to go on like that for for a long time. Most most boys have some sort of a have some sort of a uh, breakdown at some point in dealing with that if it's very strong feeling by them. But on the other hand, so while the parents, at, at, on, the, on the one hand, the parents have to give the, the boy a feeling of nasa adam, that we're brothers, and that you have to have a responsibility, take responsibility for yourself. But on the other hand, the parents also can't abdicate the throne. They just can't give the kid a feeling, a sense, that, that it's hefker. So this is really what we're all struggling with nowadays, to try to find that balance between bonim and achim, sons and brothers. That's the secret. It's very, very hard. The boys are very, very sensitive at this age. Starting now, 11, 12, 13, they're very, very sensitive. 
you see how they become very touchy about clothing and about appearances and about about wanting to wanting to be like everybody else. <coughs> That's their definition of normal. We'll get to that. We'll discuss where that comes from, the shirish of that. It's a very deep shirish of that. As far as the boys themselves, so the communicating, as you know, and I mentioned this last time, that communication for for the boys at this time is very, very difficult. Um, and the parents, there are parents who take it very personally, that the same, the same child that was so open and was always talking to us and was always telling us everything that's going on in his life, all of a sudden... This same the same child like has stopped talking to us. He doesn't talk to us at all, and the parents feel that the child is that they're losing the child, and they feel very alienated. And many of the parents, especially the fathers, react with anger, and the anger causes the child to get further and further away. And the alienation brings to more alienation. When the truth of the matter is, is that the truth of the matter is that the is that the child, the child loves his parents. He doesn't know how to speak to his parents. He has certain things that are going on in his body and his life that he, and he does not, not, not he does not know what to do about this. He doesn't have a sprach, a way to communicate. He sees that his parents are getting angry with him because he's not communicating and then it, it gets worse and worse. Sometimes <coughs> all the parents can do is to, is, to, is to just be understanding and patient. The mitzvah is a mitzvah of psachla of trying to give the child a Pesach to be able to talk, but that's not always successful. Now, to understand on a deeper level, what is it that's happening? We're going to learn a term now from a cook that you have in front of you. As always, as always, Rav Cook, Rav Cook puts, that, he puts everything into the context of history, not just what's going on inside of ourselves, what was taking place in the world, and let me just give a little hagdamba before we learn this Torah together. It's a remarkable Torah. <clears throat> in, many, in many places in his writings, Rav Kook discusses the development and the maturation, the maturing process of mankind. He says that at the beginning of time, at the beginning of time, Man lived in man lived in general with a certain natural instinctive intuition. He lived according to the natural instincts. That's how he survived. That's how he lived for at the beginning of history. Man lived according to his natural instincts. Over time, there was a transition from instincts from instinct to intellect. That transition has mankind matured and intellect began to take more of a role, to play more of a role as opposed to the natural instinct of a simple person just going fishing and hunting and so on. And it began to develop, the intellect of mankind began to develop to figure things out and to understand things. That transition from instinct to intellect is precious, is valuable, is great. But at the same time, it causes... It has caused in history tremendous mashbarium, tremendous crises and difficulties to this day. The transition from instinct to intellect. And Rav Hook saw this transition in history, in mankind, from instinct to intellect, is that which takes place in our lives, individually, in each and every one of our lives. Now look at the, look at the Torah that you have in front of you. 
This is the Ein Ayah, which is Rav Kook's parish on the Agadatas of Shas. We only have a few volumes of this, unfortunately. And every Agadatid Mesech de Brachis. Now the Gemara, if you look on top, what the Gemara is talking about is the Gemara was saying before that there's Margulah Bepume de Rava, that Rava used to always say that the tachlis of Chachme is tshuva ma'asam toivim, the tachlis of all that we learn is tshuva ma'asam toivim, and the Gemara goes on and says, Shloi hei adam koirei v'shoinei uboyeit ba'oviv uveimai, oberabai, v'mishagodlum imeno b'chachme uveminyin. That if we do things right, if we do things right, and we understand that the tachlis of Chachma is tshuva ma'asam toivim, so then we will not come to a state where we will find Jews that are learning Torah, they know a lot of Torah, but they're boet ba'oviv uv'imah. What does it mean to be boet? It means to kick, to kick, to reject their fathers and mothers. Or the rebellion. There's a lot of kicking that's going on these days. Not always in the open. Look inside of Kuk. And we're not going to be able to finish it today, but we'll get started. This is a Torah to 120, a Torah to remember. Teva ha-chachma hu laharim es ha-odam lamayla yoyse gedolem he-emuna levada b'lo chachma. The Teva, he says, Teva HaChachma, the nature of Chachma, is to lift a person up higher and higher. Lamala, Maturing Chachma, intellect, means that we are unsatisfied with watching a child remain a child, where his Amuna was very, very sweet, very simple, but was very uneducated. We're uncomfortable with that. Chachma, teva of the chachma is that we try to lift, we want to lift the person higher. We want him to have emuna, but now we want the emuna to be, to be empowered by and to be enriched by chachma. Because emuna with chachma is certainly is certainly preferred. We don't want them to just remain <coughs> like they were when they're children. It's a, I, I always remember I said over before that when I was, when I was a kid, I remember that my my sister went through this very religious stage, and whenever I would sit next to her, she would say, "I can't sit there because Hashem is sitting there." <laughs> so I, I said, "I can't sit there." She says, "No, Hashem is sitting over there." But then I realized that she, other people were allowed to sit next to her. So I wasn't sure, like, why God is only over there. When I sit there, I, it created some early theological problems in my life. But the truth is that children are very, very poshit. And, and I remember when we were living in Queens and, and, and we were sitting once outside. It was a beautiful day, and, and, the, and the trees were moving. And, 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 uh, and Miri asked me, my oldest, at that time she was maybe two, she asked me, why, why are all the trees moving? So I began to explain to her that 
because um, there's a wind and so on. She said to me, that's not wise. She, since then, she hasn't ever agreed with me. And I said, <laughs> and I said to her, I said, so she said to me, so I said, why are they, so, why are they moving? She said, because they're davening. The trees are davening. And when you daven, she saw that when people daven, they shogel. So I said to my wife that, that she said a true thing, because it says, it says in the Pasuk, the Odomach also said that the trees are davening, and the whole world is moving in that way. And it's true. So now what happens when the child no longer sees the trees as davening, but now she understands that there's photosynthesis, you know? And there's uh, and the trees uh, are are growing, but there's a koach in the world that's called wind, the air, and the trees are moving. So there is a crisis that mankind has passed through and is living with till this day that we're suffering from, outgrowing, feeling that we've outgrown the simple faith of when we were young, when we were little. Because it's certainly, the ideal is to come to a place of Chachmah. That's what we want for ourselves and for our children, and for mankind as well. Not to remain in a, in a primitive, barbaric state, to progress. But that progress comes with a very, very big cost. It's expensive, the progress. That when a person has a certain skill, a certain talent, a certain koach, when somebody has that kishrein, a child or an adult, and it's natural, it's natural to him. When it comes to any kishwan, See when there when there's a lower when there's a lower level of a certain koach, a certain talent, a certain skill. And it's and that's the one that is guiding the person's life is really the one that's strongest in his life. So the kishon hashafal, that lower kishon, that lower talent, that lower skill, becomes stronger and stronger, until kaven man hayosenala, till the time comes where there's a higher skill, a greater level. Then the natural thing is that the the lower kishon, that which you see as being less important, less chashiv, is being as being lower, then it becomes weaker and weaker. It's being replaced by the new, higher Kishron. Ritzarach Zahirus. Rav Kook says, but there needs to be great caution. Sha Kishron Hanale, that the higher Kishron, of course he's talking about the intellect, Chachma, that the higher Kishron, Levad Yisrona, despite the fact that it has a certain advantage, which shouldn't, God forbid, destroy and remove and eliminate the lower Kishon. It should elevate the lower Kishon. Now he makes it very simple. He says, for instance, as long as the child is little, as long as the child is little, 
the nature of the child is like an animal. When he's little, he lives 100% according to his talent. The child, which makes us crazy. He doesn't have, it doesn't say anywhere in the, in the DNA of a child. It's not in the type of a child like to make his bed or to brush his teeth. It's not in his type. Now we're coming, we're chachamim, right? And we say, listen, Sadik, I got to tell you something. <laughs> if you don't brush your teeth, they're going to fall out. And then you're going to be like me. <laughs> you're going to spend every year $5,000 on a dentist or something. The kid is not garish any of this in this thing. All he knows is that he, he doesn't have an Indian to take some brush and put it into his mouth with some funny tasting paste. So they try to make little <coughs> pictures and taste. And then and then when they're making the bed, the teva is uh, you, you finish sleeping, you go, you walk away. That's the teva. And my mother told me to make my bed. I said, I'm just going back there later today. <laughs> <laughs> like what's the tachlis? So your mother says this. My mother said there's a there to be a mensch. There's an Indian being a mensch. So, what does that mean? A mensch. A mensch means my mother says mensch means that there's seder. I just want to go play, right? We're just going to play. Now the child, a little kid, has a teva of a balchai, and they're happy. They're happy. The teva of a balchai. Just like you never saw an animal on a psychologist's couch either, right? <laughs> There's no such thing. Monkeys do a lot of funny things, but they don't talk to therapists. It's a tevavah balchai. And it's interesting. They don't eat more than they... They don't, they don't overeat. Children do not overeat. They'll gnash on something because they like the taste, but they don't overeat. They don't get themselves sick overeating. Adults sometimes do that, no? You have the smorgasbord, you have the smorgasbord, it's the meal. Why should they be a meal if you ate the smorgasbord? <laughs> so there's, that happens all the time. You see, you hear Khan Matzah Shabbos, and you can see, even, even, when it's, even in the summer, on Matzah Shabbos, Havdolah was half hour gone, the pizza shops, the places filled. After, after already having a, a lot to eat. And, and there's billion-dollar industry of how to stop people from overeating. <coughs> Children don't overeat. It's not the tev of a child. You ever, you ever met a, a giraffe that has to go on a diet? There's no such thing. <laughs> now what happens is as follows. Once the primitive, natural, animal matures and he's beginning to hear stuff outside, from outside, his seichel is beginning to pick up. He's beginning to be educated, which is great. But he's beginning to pick up on certain things. So now there's a, his oiris of the koiches ha-sichliyim. What happens is, mistalekes shmiras ha-teva. Mistalekes shmiras ha-teva. The, the, the nature of the, of, uh, of, the, of the human being is that, well... That was the way that I was then. I was a Balchai. Now I'm a Ben Adam. Now that I've matured from a ben, from Balchai, from an animal to Ben Adam, that what? Then I have to get rid, I have to exorcise for my life the Balchai, the animal. Because now I'm a Balsaychel. So if Cook says, that's a terrible mistake. All of our pain comes from that. All of our suffering comes from that. 
It's true. We no longer are we no longer are are sensitive as sensitive to the shmiras hateva to our natural instincts. We enter into a different higher kishwin. That's called seichel. The lower kishwin is animal. The high is in, is instinct. The higher kishwin is intellect. But the problem is, he says, Al Kain, Sarach li Zohir, she Yamali has seichel, chisarin hateva gamkain. But now that the seichel has taken over, Rav Kook says, we have to be very careful. That our seichel should continue to that we should, that we should see to it that the seichel continues to guide us, that we should not abandon those things in our teva that we very much need, that we should not do away with the instincts that are healthy. We should be selective. There are certain instincts, of course, that could be self that could be destructive. So the what, what it means to mature is to use our seichel to sort out and to separate. The good instincts, the teva that was that is good, from the more animalistic, some of the animalistic things that that no longer belong in your life. So I'll, I'll give an example. So I had a, I had a terrible problems last year with my with my back. Well, Hashem, my back is a lot better. I, some of you might remember Tisha B'Av. I just couldn't walk. I couldn't stand. List two years ago, Tisha B'Av. I couldn't walk. So, so. And that continues to be something of a problem. So, Hashem, it's much better. But I went to I went to an acupuncturist. I went to this big, big maven that was recommended to me by a lot of people. Is a is a Chinese guy, very hush of a person, and that's what he does. And and when I walked, and he says, "Ah, Jew," <laughs> but it wasn't anti-Semite. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like that. Like when you hear it from like some uh, guy in Bensonhurst, it wasn't like that. <laughs> ah, Jew. I said, "Yes, Jew." He said, he says to me like this, he says, Jews smart, Jews smart, but Jews like you, he says, sit all day by books, all day. I said, yeah, I try to do that. He said, he said, what do you do? Exercise, Jews. No exercise. I said, no. This, this Jew, no exercise. Jews, <clears throat> he starts telling me about what Jews eat. He knew. He says to Jews, Kugel. He says, Kugel, Kugel. I said, Jews, Kugel. He's like, got me and everything. Jews, Kugel. Jews, Cholent. He says, Jews, Cholent. He says, Jews, Soda. And I, I said, Jews, Soda. Jews, not warm, cold, cold soda, soda. In the morning, soda? I said, morning, afternoon, and night. <laughs> Jews, soda. He says, Jews, smart, but very stupid. That's what I was to come and say. Jews, smart. Books, books, smart. Jews, life, stupid. <laughs> Jews, life, stupid. Had to eat and had to exercise. Shmiras Hateva. So as as the intellect matures, there are very very healthy instincts that are thrown away. Healthy, vibrant instincts. 
we've discussed in the past, and we're not going to, we'll have to stop here, but we've discussed in the past with Rav Cook's explanation of the Akedah, which is in his Sibah. Why did Hashem's Baruch do such a thing? To have Avram Avinu go up with a knife to his son. Rav Cook's Mahalach in that is unique. It's unique. And I can't explain the Aragalachas. If you look in the Siddur, it's a lot, but it's very, very remarkable. He says, the Pasuk brings on the Akedah, Hashem says to Avram Avinu, after everything got quiet and calmed down, Hashem said to him, I was trying to bring you back to the do, tal, of when you were a child. Hashem was saying to Avram Avinu, you know, you remember back in the old days when you were a real idol worshiper? Oi, that was good. <laughs> so Hashem, when you had a passion and a fire before you became such a tal mochachem, when you, were, when you were in your youth and you were crazy and passionate and you were prepared to sacrifice a, a human being for the gods. He says, I want you to be that crazy, passionate, mishigna, but for me. You became, along the way, there's this danger of becoming a dispassionate, removed, detached intellectual. The key, Hashem is saying to Avram Avinu, the key is to have all of the passion, all of that fire, all of the insanity of, of a pagan, but with the intelligence of a Jew. With the intelligence and with the self-control and the refinement of a Yid, of Tyre. But oy vavoy, you forget what it means to be an idol worshiper. He says to him, So Hashem brought Avram Avinu back to that place. It was crazy. And he's got, he's, he's got a knife in his hand he says, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is just what I got over, you know. I finally was able to outgrow this. And, and, I was go- and my hope was that I'm going to bring mankind to a higher place than this. My whole point of being in the world is to teach the world that that's not it. That we have a loving, caring, beautiful God that doesn't want us to kill. And now this, this God puts a knife in my hand and he says I should kill. That's, what, that's the tachlis. The whole thing is against that. And that's why Chazal bring the apostolic, I wanted to bring you back to that point, to remember what it means, is not to, is not to let go, is not to destroy the instincts, but how to, how to groom the instincts, how to train the instincts. Now what we're going to learn in this Torah as we go through it, Mitzvah, I won't be here next Sunday, it's the following Sunday, so don't lose the page. What we're going to learn is that the trauma it's a, it's a word that's being thrown around a lot, and I, I don't like to use it in a silly way, but really, it is. The trauma that the child goes, goes through, shifting from being a little boy to being this by Mitzvah the trauma is from instinct <coughs> to intellect. And whenever, whenever there's this feeling that I, that whenever there's this sense that I'm leaving something of my own, well, not something, I'm leaving who I am behind, and that's finished. And I am no longer able to be a child, and I'm moving to something different that's called intellect. That transition from intuition, from instinct to intellect, at the same time while the body is changing, while the, at the same time that the, where the, where the body, the sewer of the body, and the teva and the tivus are starting to materialize, 
And all he's being told now is, don't follow your instincts. That's what all the kids are hearing. You know, I gave a shield last night, some of you were here. After the shield, there's a very sweet girl who came to the office and she asked me, she said that she was in seminary. And they told her that Gashmish, what she understood was that Gashmish is very, very bad for you. Now, I said last night that, that the Rosh Hashanah wants us to enjoy Gashmish, but it should be enjoyed in a proper way. And we should remember who's the one that gives it to us. We should do everything the right way, according to Allah. But that she felt that that's not what she was taught. And she wanted to know if we discuss this. I said, there's nothing to discuss. That was wrong. I <laughs> said, <laughs> <laughs> you want to have a discussion? We can talk about it. That was wrong. That's not the, that's not the tachlis. That's for a child. And when the children feel that they're being told, when they hear that they're being ordered to, to let go of their instincts, and that all of their instincts are dangerous, evil, dirty, and bad, and all that they need to do is to shift over to the, to the, to the intellect, and the intellect that we're imposing upon them, they have a mashbeh. They, they break down. They break down. And then the fight is against anything that makes sense. They become irrational animals. Because they're fighting somehow to defend their turf of the instincts of when they were children. And they can't deal with this shift to the intellect and being told that their instincts are no longer acceptable. They've always trusted their instincts, and every time they trust their instincts, either sometimes they broke stuff, sometimes they did, but for, for the most part, people in Shul gave them a lollipop and pinched them and said, you're cute. Now they're not getting pinched, they're not, being, they're not getting, giving a lollipop, they're getting, they're, they're getting thrown out of school by following their instincts. All of mankind is tormented by the shift from being primitive, being, from being primitive, instinctive, intuitive, to becoming unnatural, intellectuals, and and this nakuda of, of sexuality is at the crossroads. It's at the crossroads of that conflict. And that's what we're going to have to learn to understand. How to understand it, and then Amit Shem, how to, how to deal with that. Okay, to be continued. Yeah. 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 Yeah.